Learning from mistakes. <laughs> Has anyone made a mistake lately? Yep. Yeah, probably every day. Every day, sometimes big ones, sometimes the little ones. You know, sometimes things that don't really matter, like you forget your toast and it burns. I make that mistake nearly every day <laughs> and end up throwing it in the bin, making another one. But you know, some mistakes uh, we learn from, some we don't, you know. And we learn in many different ways. We learn from getting information, we learn from role models, we learn from Google searches, we learn from our own experiences, and we learn from the experience of others. You know, we learn good examples, and uh, sometimes we learn from bad examples, and sometimes really tragic. Sometimes some things are really tragic, and I presume that you heard in the news um, this week about that little mini submarine that went down to check out the Titanic. Um, you know, the original Titanic, that was a tragedy that happened as a result of some mistakes. And it seems like this one also, this tragedy also was a result of mistakes. So, you know, learning from mistakes sometimes can be very, very um, intense. But I want to learn, I want to um, have a look at a Bible example of somebody who made quite a few mistakes at the beginning, but you know what? In the end, God used him greatly. So if you think you're someone who makes a lot of mistakes and God can't use you, I want you to just to think again after listening to this uh, story of this particular person, because he's a great example. And we can learn lessons from some of the mistakes that he made. And usually mistakes happen because of character issues that we have. You know, we can be stubborn, we can be prideful, we can, you know, be a bit slow at doing things sometimes, we can be a bit hasty and rash. Um, it just depends on our personality, our past, our character, all kinds of dynamics in why we sometimes make mistakes, but we can learn from them. That's the important thing. So let's learn from a few mistakes that Peter made, okay? And Peter was very successful fisherman when uh, Jesus called him. Successful businessman, successful in what he was doing. But he, uh, it says he forsook all and he followed Jesus. Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Not fisher of fish, I'll help you to fish for souls for the kingdom. And so that's exactly what he did. He followed the Lord. You know, he followed not as closely at the beginning as he could have. He followed at a little distance and he was testing. You know, sometimes we test God. You think, wow, he was testing God. We test God sometimes. We do. You know, sometimes you say, oh, Lord, if you really love me, you'll answer this prayer. <laughs> That's kind of testing God. And so he was testing God. And at one point, Jesus told his disciples to uh, go to the other side of the lake and he was going to meet them over there. And just to take the boat ride and off you go. Well, off they went. And he delayed in coming. But as he delayed, there was a huge storm happening. And he was praying. When he finished praying, he just started walking on the water. And they saw him and they thought, ah, oh, ah, oh, it's a ghost. Okay? And then he said, no, no, it's okay. It's me. 
it's me, don't be afraid. And then Peter said, if it's really you, like testing, if it's really you, tell me to get out of the boat and come. Okay, and so he did. So Jesus said to him, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water, just like Jesus was doing. He just got out of the boat. Oh, Jesus is walking on water. Yeah, me too. And off he goes. So he's walking on water. Didn't think twice. Just, just it happened. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, okay, so he was looking at Jesus walking on the water, and then he did it. But as soon as he looked elsewhere, he looked at the situation. He saw the wind was boisterous, in other words, strong wind. He was afraid, and he began to sink. The minute he took his eyes off Jesus, and he put his eyes on the situation, <gasps> what am I doing? It's scary out here. There's a storm happening. The wind is really bad. The waves are huge. What's going on? <sighs> and he starts to sink. <laughs> okay. And that's what happens to us sometimes. Okay, that's why these stories are here. Not so that we go, oh, he didn't have much faith. It's to say, wow, yeah, I can relate to that. I need to learn from this to keep my eyes on Jesus, not to look at the situation and go, oh, this is a bit scary. What's going to happen? And let's face it, a lot of us are in that situation right now. We're thinking, you know what? I'm in a bit of a scary place. What's going to happen? Yeah? So he, was afraid. he began to sink. And he cried out. Good, good move. Smart. Lord, save me. <laughs> he didn't go, oh no, I'm going under. He just said, Lord. Again, he fixed his eyes on Jesus. He called out to the Lord, Lord, save me. And immediately, the moment he called on the Lord, the Lord responded. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He didn't say, Oh, Peter, you're such a disappointment. He didn't say that. He said, You've got a little bit of faith, but you had more doubt. But it's okay, it's going to be okay. He's teaching him, I'm here. I'm here. I'm always here. Immediately. So, Peter's faith isn't huge. He only had little faith right then. He didn't, his faith didn't actually really blossom and grow until after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came. That was the day when the Holy Spirit came that he did have great faith. And then in the book of Acts, if you follow just the story of Peter, you'll see what great faith he had. But right now, Jesus is saying, you've got little faith. You know, he was a confident, strong fisherman. He was a successful businessman. So he had a lot of confidence. But Jesus is saying, you might have a lot of confidence to get out of the boat, but you've got little faith because you looked at the situation and you doubted, okay? So that was one of his mistakes, to look at the situation. Jesus did not rebuke him as such. He was instructing him. Okay? Another time, Jesus 
towards the uh, middle of his ministry, or he began from a certain time, he began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So he is giving them plenty of notice. He's warning them, this is what's going to happen. He's instructing and teaching them. This is what's going to happen, guys. I'm not always going to be with you. It's great being with you right now. We're having wonderful times. Okay? We're seeing miracles, signs and wonders. You're learning a lot from me. But it's not always going to be like this. Okay? I'm going to suffer many things from the leaders, the religious leaders. And I'm going to be killed. But I will be resurrected. I'll be raised up on the third day. Now, of course, they didn't understand everything he was saying. And let's face it, they probably didn't want to hear what he was saying. When somebody tells you something bad like that, you don't want to hear it. So they were probably blocking it out. And then Peter. Peter's like, hang on. So Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter's like, no, Lord, that's not going to happen. He said, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So Peter's saying, stop saying that, Jesus. I'm not going to let it happen. It's not going to happen. He's rebuking the Lord. He's saying, this is not going to happen. Even though Jesus is basically saying, this is the will of God. This is the plan of God. Peter's saying, no, it's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen. So he's used to being in charge and bossing people around. He's bossing Jesus around. He's trying to tell him what to do. And you go, wow, that's a bit rude. But sometimes we do that. We go, Lord, if you'll do this, then I'll do that. We don't think it's bossing him around, but we're trying to tell him what to do. And he's God, let's face it. So Peter's basically saying, it's not going to happen. Jesus, you're wrong. Jesus, you're wrong. That's not going to happen. But guess what? It did. It did. Another time. Uh, hang on. And then Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Is he saying, Peter, you are Satan? No, he's not. He's saying this is a demonically inspired statement. This is not from God. This is from man. This is what you want. And that's what we want. Our will, our way. And that's the way of the enemy as well. It's offensive to the Lord. It's offensive to the Lord. So he's basically saying, that's offensive to me. Was Peter offended by that? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't offended at all. He looked past it. He was too busy resisting the will of God. Too busy resisting the will of God to even be offended by what Jesus said. He wasn't phased at all. You know? Some people, somebody says something to them, and they're like, I am never going to speak to you again. I will never forgive you for saying that to me. 
But Peter just kept on following the Lord. He loved the Lord with all his heart. And I think his spirit would have understood what was going on there. What else? When Jesus took Peter, James and John, they were the inner core, the three, the inner circle. Jesus takes them up for an incredible holy moment, a great encounter, okay? Teaching them of spiritual things. Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. This is special. And he was transfigured before them. The glory of God came upon him. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. This is amazing what they're experiencing. It's like, wow, Jesus. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. So this is an incredible spiritual moment. And then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. <laughs> Not here's Jesus, Moses and Elijah. Peter's going, it's good that I'm here. Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles. Let us build three little tent things. One for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. So he's putting Jesus in the same category as Moses and Elijah. He's bringing him down. Here's the transfigured Lord in all his glory, basically. And Peter's saying, it's good for us just to build you a little, to, to um, hem you in, to set a boundary for you and to bring you into the same place as Moses and Elijah rather than going, wow, this is amazing. He had his eyes on himself even more than on them at this incredible moment. It's good that I'm here. He interrupted. He should have been quiet. Should have been quiet rather than thinking, what can I do? It's good that I'm here. How can I help? How can I fix it? How can I do something? Look, I'm here. <laughs> I'm really important. I'm really, really important. So he didn't get it. He was just so overconfident. He was so overconfident. Okay. There was another time when Peter was saying to the Lord, you know, we've given up so much. We've sacrificed so much. What reward is there for us? What reward is there for us? He was constantly thinking about himself. He was mistaking things that the Lord was saying and looking at himself rather than looking at what Jesus was really saying. He's saying, I've sacrificed so much, I'm worried I might miss out, rather than, wow, what is Jesus gonna sacrifice for me and for the whole world? Okay. And then another time they were walking along talking about who is the greatest of the disciples. And of course, Jesus heard the conversation and he said to them, all of you, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So he's saying, something's going to happen to me and it's going to affect all of you. You will all stumble 
all of you, because of me. And Peter answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never, I will never be made to stumble. Not me, Lord. I'm different from these guys. I'm a level above them. I'm better than them. I've got more faith. I'm stronger than them. I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, he's, he's basically saying, Jesus, you're wrong. Again, you're wrong. Jesus said to him, assuredly, in other words, listen, mate, <laughs> I say to you that this night, not next week, not next month or next year, but this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter's saying never, and Jesus is saying not just once, but three times. Three times you're going to deny me. He was so confident, and that was his mistake. He had a big mouth. He's basically saying, I am the most loyal. I have the strongest face faith, I will not let you down, okay? And then Jesus came again another time into the garden. He said, pray, pray. And when he came to the disciples, he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, see, he was targeting Peter because the call of God was on him for a special purpose. Sometimes God targets us, and you think, wow, he's picking on me. But he's actually targeting you for a special purpose and the call. So he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? One hour, Peter, come on. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. It wasn't just about sleeping or being lazy. It was about temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he was teaching him, look, you might want to do something. In your spirit, you might want to do it. But there's a battle that goes on in our flesh. And we all understand this. He was teaching Peter, there's things that you want to do. You want to obey the Lord. You want to be committed to the Lord. You want to be close. Spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. We all struggle with it. And so did Peter. And of course, you know, Jesus came three times and they were sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. And then after the sleeping episode, Jesus is betrayed. And then they're asking Peter, the crowd is asking Peter, hey, did you see him? Were you with him? And he's like, no, no, I wasn't. Again, he denied with an oath. He said, I wasn't there. I don't know him. Don't associate me with this person. I don't know the man. So he denied it with an oath. And then he began to curse and swear. Saying, I do not know the man. He was getting angry. I don't know him. He was swearing and cursing and speaking with oaths. There's no way. And immediately, the rooster crowed. And then Peter remembered the word of Jesus. Wow. 
I really was mistaken. He was right. I just denied him three times. He was right. I was wrong. I said I never would let him down. And yet I have. Bam. Three times, just then. I remember what he said now. What a big mistake I made. What a big mistake I made. And he was so upset he went out and he wept bitterly. He was so disappointed. He'd let Jesus down. He'd let himself down. He'd made a huge mistake. That was it. It's over. It's over. So then they go into the garden and Jesus is being betrayed. Judas is betraying him. Peter's there. He thinks, that's it. I'm going to fix it now. Simon Peter had a sword. He drew it. He struck the high priest's servant and cut, his, cut off his right ear. So the person who's trying to arrest Jesus, Peter thinks, I'll fix this situation. Cut off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Jesus is saying, stop trying to fix everything. Let it go, Peter. Let it go. Let things take their course. Let the will of God take its course. Not your will. You can't fix this. You can't fix this situation. He's publicly denied Jesus. Now he's publicly trying to defend him. Okay? He went back to his old ways, swearing, cursing, violent, angry. And sometimes when we make a mistake, we go back to our old ways. Our old ways of thinking, our old ways of speaking, our old ways of acting. And when we do that, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it gets worse. This is pretty bad. He's just cut off the ear of a man who's doing his job. And of course, Jesus healed his ear. I preached on that a while back. Jesus healed his ear. This was a rash decision. A rash decision. He might have had good intentions. He was probably trying to redeem himself, trying to fix the situation, maybe protect Jesus. Who knows? But it just didn't work. He just had to let it go. So after this, of course, after the cross, Jesus has gone to do the will of the Father and Peter says, I'm going back fishing. I've had enough. Remember I preached on enough? He's like, I've had enough. Simon Peter said to him and six of his mates, the other disciples, six of them, he said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. I've had enough. And they said, we're going too. Because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what else to do. And they went out and immediately got in the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. That's what happens when you go back to what you think is your comfort zone, to what you think is your strength, because everything's changed. Everything's changed. Not one fish. And yet he was such a great fisherman. And of course, if you go and read the rest of this story, Jesus was standing there again and said, throw the net out on the other side. They caught a huge catch. And they knew, hey, it's Jesus. 
He is alive. He is resurrected. There he is. Was this another mistake to go back? Probably. But even in the midst of that, Jesus was there and the grace of God was there. And this was the night that he sat him down and said to Peter, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. For the three times you denied me, I forgive you. And then he said, feed my sheep. I want you to be one of my leaders. I want you to be one who starts the church. When I'm gone, you're going to take over. You and these guys are going to take over. See, the grace of God was there. Even after all these mistakes that he made, the hand of God was there, teaching him, instructing him so he would learn. Sometimes we're afraid of making mistakes, but if we learn from them, we can leapfrog into the purposes of God for our lives. Lord, I just thank you that you chose Peter and you taught him, you discipled him. You chose him. He wasn't perfect. He started out very successful. But the more he walked with you, the more he realised that he wasn't that successful at all. And he needed you. He needed to learn about the right way to do things. He needed to understand that his failures and the mistakes, which were very public, could be learned from. Could be learned from. Thank you, Lord, that he understood the highs and the lows of making mistakes and sometimes feeling like a failure. But he had a heart for you. He was humble enough and teachable enough. He learned to keep his eyes on you. He learned to take his eyes off himself to take his eyes off others and to keep his eyes on you. Lord, we just thank you for the lessons that we can learn from Peter. Thank you for the call of God that's upon our lives, each and every one of us. Lord, you've chosen us, you've called us with a high and a holy calling. And we might think, whoa, what is that? We may not know right now. But Lord, as we walk with you, as we talk with you, as we hear from you, as we learn from you, Lord, we will not go backwards, but we will go forwards. We won't go back to the comfort zone. We won't try and escape from things or have a pity party. We won't try and make ourselves feel better. But Lord, we will see things work out for good, to the glory of God. Lord, just lift off, lift off any disappointment that we may have with ourselves. Lift it off. And where we make mistakes over and over, just help us, Lord. Give us the keys. Give us the keys to success through you.
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If anyone wants prayer, I'll pray with you. Otherwise, have an awesome week. Say hi to someone. Stay safe. Amen. Thank you.